Okay, we made it. We made it. A little Train late. All, huh? A little late today. Luckily, people aren't like, you're 30 seconds late on the live stream. Some people, live streamers, get real aggressive yeah. about the time. So. And we hate to keep people waiting, but sometimes you can't bowl through a train, huh? No, no. <laughs> and he, so this is hilarious. So the train is sitting there and I pull up and I'm like, okay, it's moving kind of slowly. And it goes by bunch of cars go through same train comes back the other way. <laughs> like what is the deal? So, Oh my goodness. But here we are. Welcome to insight now. Hello, um, hello. We have no insight on trains or their timing, but we might have something to talk about today. Oh yeah. So Peter, you and I have been chatting a little bit and um, let's just dive in. That's what I'm feeling like too. Well, we've been talking about the fear of the Lord. I feel like Chris, you and I have been, and the fear of man, uh, you and I have been talking about that for probably three, four months. I feel like since around the beginning of the summer or midsummer, something like that, mm -hmm. it seemed like the Lord was highlighting it to us. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's interesting in the body of Christ, especially in leadership in the body of Christ, is that there's truths that are timeless, and yet there still seems to be seasons to them at times where the Lord will mm -hmm. highlight certain truths in certain seasons. And the fear of the Lord, um, breaking free of the fear of man, uh, walking in holiness seems to be um, the surrendered will. These sorts of things seem to be things that the Lord's really speaking to in this season. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it's kind of a fun thing, I think, for us as leaders, because in our stream, there's a lot on, um, you know, identity in Christ, word of faith and uh, prophecy and all of these sorts of things. And it's almost like there's an opportunity for us as uh, leaders in the body of Christ right now to help people see that these two messages, these two types of messages go together. Yeah, the fear of the Lord is not antithetical to the grace of God. In fact, if you've got the grace of God message without the fear of the Lord message, it's incomplete. And at the same yeah, time, if you, have, if you have the fear of the Lord message without the grace of God message, it's incomplete. Yep. And, you know, one of the things the Lord's been speaking to me recently um, as one way to look at it is the grace of God is him giving himself completely to us. When Jesus gave himself on the cross, it wasn't just for salvation. It was for everything. It was for provision. It was for protection. It was for righteousness, the whole bit. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so the grace of God is him giving himself completely to us. But we That's love true. because he first loved us. And the fear of the Lord is us giving ourselves completely back to him. And so the purpose yeah. of the fear of the Lord, when we're talking about the fear of the Lord, which is the topic of tonight, breaking free of the fear of man. And I guess I keep using those interchangeably. And I would just say that the only access point out of the fear of man is the fear of the Lord. Mm -hmm. We think sometimes, you know, some people say, I, I don't fear man. And really what they're saying is I'm rebellious and defiant to, to men. And that actually is not freedom from the fear of man. Um, you, 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 act, you actually need to have the fear of the Lord to be free of the fear of man. You will fear someone. And the question is who that is. And so when we have the fear of the Lord, what happens is it breaks us free from the fear of man. So um, that's just a bit of a lead in. But I, I guess what I'm saying is that when we talk about breaking free of the fear of man, we have to talk about the fear of the Lord as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's no such thing as a vacuum. Otherwise it's rebellion. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you, I think you nailed that really well, said it really well, you know, and I love that you know, it's the and, right, of all this is yeah. that if you're going to fear God, 
um, you have to have an understanding of the love of God. Yeah. So, you know, with, you know, the fear of the Lord without the love of God is a tyrannical God of wrath. Mm-hmm. And the love of God without the fear of God is uh, God's going to give me anything I want, God. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to have both and, right? Yeah. The fear of the Lord and the love of the Father. Um, because mm. without the love, then, you know, we can't embrace the discipline from the creator of the universe who knows what's best. Yes. Right. Like we can't, we can't do that because he only disciplines sons. Come on. You know, Mm. so, so we don't, we don't, if we're not embracing the discipline of the Lord because Mm. he's a God to be feared. Yeah. We, we, we don't actually understand his love for us. Come on. You know, so they're, they're so intertwined. Um, you know, one of the, one of the biggest challenges that I see when it comes to the fear of man, um, is that we really have, um, we have put our hope in false idols, not Mm -hmm. in God. Right. So oftentimes the fear of the man is the fear of man is, um, unfortunately done with the wrong spirit in the wrong mind with towards the wrong issues, mm. uh, because we're actually, we've got a false God that we're trying to give power to instead mm. of the fear of man, whether it's the spirit of politics or spirit of religion or denominationalism, wow. or, you know, any of these other, other aspects where we're actually, um, putting something above fear of the Lord. Mm. Right. And so, you know, it's a conversation I had Sunday with our people about being uncommon, right? Mm-hmm. Being holy, being set apart, being uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, Nathaniel White was preaching on it as well. And, you know, one of the things that came out um, that I heard a, a friend of mine say is that you have no authority over what entertains you. Mm. You know, mm. and I think <laughs> I, I I just I feel like we've turned God into entertainment. And then, mm-hmm. you know, we've now are serving our own ends. Right. And here comes Mm. in the surrendered will here comes in, you know, uh, the rebellious spirit because we're trying to get what we want. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's just very, it's all flowing together right now in a pretty, pretty broad swath of topics and issues, you know, but they, yeah, they really do fit together. And um, I think in some ways what we were wanting to do, Hey Dave, um, here we are. Um, I think mm-hmm. one of the things we wanted to do there is to get some of the, that vocabulary on the table so that it's not confusing yep. when we sometimes are switching between. But I was thinking, I was thinking before our call today, Chris, and I mentioned this yeah. to you that Nehemiah, yep. I had never seen Nehemiah in this light before exactly. What a story of breaking free of the fear of man. And I think a lot of us remember a lot of the story of Nehemiah, but if I was just to summarize some of it, he um, is in captivity and gets news. Um, that the, you know, the walls of Jerusalem are totally broken down. The city is in shambles. It has been, I think, for decades at that point, if I remember the details, uh, 50 years, 70 years, I forget the number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's, an, it's in a rough state. Nehemiah prays and fasts and weeps before the Lord and then seems to get something of a commission from God to address this situation. But interestingly, straight away after God speaks to him and he says, God, give me favor with this man, it says in chapter 2, that he comes before him before King Eratax or Eratax, is that how you say that? Um, Eratax, 
Artaxerxes <laughs> um, with, and wine was before him. And I took the, the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had never been sad in his presence before. See, there was something that Nehemiah allowed himself to do. Think about this from his perspective. He's the wine bearer. He's the cup bearer. He's supposed to be like the party guy. He's the bartender for the king. Uh And Uh here he's allowing himself to be sad in the presence of the king. And, you know, he probably could have got put in jail or or killed for something like that. And, And listen, that was a breakthrough. He had never been himself before that man Mm. before. And there's a lot of us out there that there's people in our lives, a type of people in our life, et cetera, that we've never been ourselves before. And actually God's calling you into a place where you have to be yourself. You have to bring to bear what God's laid on your heart. And if you follow Nehemiah's story, that was just the first of many breakthroughs because then he goes and you know inspects the walls, finds all the issues that are there, et cetera, and talks to the leaders that are there. Um, in the in Jerusalem and said and they leaders rise up and say let's build uh, but immediately then starts the saga of Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem who basically become thorns in Nehemiah's side constantly leveling accusation against him and then later on there's someone else who prophesies falsely a hired prophet to say go hide come consult with me and hide inside the church basically and Nehemiah is like uh, I'm not someone who goes and hides you know and they try to get accusations to get him off of what he's doing, etc. And so he ends up rebuilding, leading the rebuilding of the walls in 52 days. But that was through this little eye of a needle. Mm-hmm. And it was walking in the fear of the Lord. It started with him prostrate before God, and it ended with him standing before men instead of running from man. And yep. that that yep. story is him breaking past the fear of man. And look, the enemy sent all sorts of opportunities for him to bow down before men that seek to oppose his work. But instead, Nehemiah stood strong and say, no, that none of those things that you say are happening. That's a lie. Right. I'm not coming right. underneath that. We got a good work to do here. So I just yep. thought that was a beautiful example of, of the impact that breaking past the fear of man because of the fear of the Lord and through the, through the access point of the fear of the Lord could have on a nation. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting because then, you know, after he rebuilds the wall, he goes after um, all of the religious rituals and the and all of the issues uh, that had been um, defilements within the, the house mm-hmm. of, of Israel. Right. Like so yeah. of Judah. So it's like there's this um, this reality that um, a little bit goes a long way. Mm. Right. A little bit of the fear of the Lord will go Ooh. a very long way. Wow. And and it's really about um hey, what's up Parker? Good to see you my friend. Hey Parker. Um so you know that the reality of the fear of the Lord is that when when we grab maybe let's let's define this fear. Yeah, please. A little bit more. Um uh, because um you know, to me, there is dread, fear is dread and terror, which yeah. is appropriate because he can cast the soul and body into hell. So there is mm-hmm. some level, should be some level of, of real fear. And then there's mm-hmm. reverence and awe. And then there's um, absolute respect. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and so that's the three ways that the, that, that term, that's great, Chris. Fear, fear of the Lord is used. And so when we look at that, 
uh, we have to we have to recognize this. All three is appropriate. Mm -hmm. All three are yeah. appropriate. We can't dismiss dread and terror because mm -hmm. I've got an ooh ah feeling from God, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And and so you've got to you got to have all that. But what's the fruit, right, of the fear of mm -hmm. the Lord? It's not just that you don't fear man anymore. It's you see God and yourself more clearly, mm. right? I think the fear of the Lord, right? It's the beginning of wisdom, which is absolute clarity, right? Yeah. It's clarity. It's knowing what yeah. to do, when to do it, how to do it. I mean, that is wisdom. And yeah. that comes when we see God clearly, because then we can see ourselves clearly. So yes. we don't get identity fully until we we experience the love of God and the fear of the Lord. It has to be both. It has to be it has both. To be both. Yeah, one of the things that's interesting, we've been talking on this broadcast for a little bit about should yeah. and how should should becomes one of these like prime words of religion, you know, you know what I think you should do. And um, and really it comes from disengaging our wills and, and overriding our wills, etc. One of the ways I think about the fear of the Lord is it's not a list of shoulds. I think that it's been difficult to to for for many to think about teaching or preaching on the fear of the Lord. And in fact, until recently, when God gave me some of this new revelation, uh, new to me revelation, I don't know that I would have known how to teach on the fear of the Lord without it really sounding like law in a way, you know, like, yeah. hey, here's some things you should do. Here's some things you shouldn't do. The fear of the Lord looks like this. It doesn't look like this and all of that kind of thing. But the difficulty with that is now the fear of the Lord is sort of turned in this to this list of to do's, this list of shoulds, etc. Um, I'll see if I can explain this here in brief form, but what's interesting is the word of God requires us to abide in God. Yes. So relationship is a, is a, is a pre is sort of a pre factor be, to being able to receive his word correctly. So John 15, seven says, abide in me, Jesus says, and let my words abide in you and you'll ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. And so it's saying the first part is abide in me. And the second part is, and let my words abide in you. And a lot of times, like the Pharisees, John 5, 39, is they knew the word of God, but they didn't mm -hmm. know the person of God, right? Mm -hmm. So they didn't get that abiding mm -hmm. part. They just had the word memorized, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so there's something that's missed. And we've all met people before like that. And, you know, what ends up happening is it's like bricks without mortar. And uh, it's truth without love or truth without relationship. And those are the people that stone folks, you know? And so, so anyway, what? so all of that to say, when you think about the fear of the Lord, it says it's the beginning of wisdom, like you said, Chris, in Proverbs, but it also says it's the beginning of knowledge in Proverbs. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. that means that mm -hmm. the fear of the Lord comes before knowledge mm -hmm. and the fear of the Lord comes before wisdom. Mm -hmm. And so then the fear of the Lord, I think is like that abide in me part. The fear of the Lord is actually about whose presence am I standing in? Yeah. It's, yep. it's positional. The fear of the Lord is it's an good. issue of position. And that kind of goes all the way back to the two trees situation, you know, right. like which tree am I eating from? Who am I in relationship with? And so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And so what we what we do is when we make the fear of the Lord a list of shoulds, we're saying gather up this knowledge in order to know how to fear God. Yeah. And it's like, but you look at Psalms 34, where it says, come, my children, listen to me and I'll teach you the fear of the Lord. The first step is to come as a child. Yeah. It's positional. Right. Yeah. And so so yeah, when we talk good. about yeah. when we talk about the fear of the Lord, like Chris is saying, it's so important to define it because there's a lot of sort of misinformation or misunderstanding yep. that exists here. And a lot of fear. I think some people are, have some trepidation, like, 
when you, what are you guys going to say about the fear of the Lord? What's this preacher going to say about the fear of the Lord? And like you're saying, Chris, there's the dread, which is right. He can cast souls into hell, right? Yep. And then there's, there's um, what did you say, the honor? Um, yeah, I mean, the respect. so well. Yep, the, the respect and then the reverence, awe, right? Yes. And so those are the aspects of the fear of the Lord. But then the fear of the Lord, how do you get there? Mm-hmm. And I would propose that the fear of the Lord is an issue of presence. And whose presence are we standing in? So if we start to think of the fear of the Lord as a positional reality, um, and we start to realize that the fear of man repositions us where we start to stand in front of another audience, and then God plays second fiddle. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. ahead. You want to read that from Kevin? Isn't the fear of the Lord truly knowing who the Lord is? Well, I think that that very closely coincides with what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. Right? It, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to know who God is apart from the fear of the Lord. You know, it's interesting when we um, talk about the gospel, we talk about the good news, right? And we recognize at some point we have to recognize our need for Mm -hmm. the Lord. Um, I I don't know if I've been successful in leading the gospel with how evil a person is. Um, You know, what has really worked well for me is that God is interested in their heart, in their mind, and wants to partner with them mm-hmm. and be an active, actively involved in their life. And in that, in that process, you know, they understand, they already know their weakness. They already know their failures. They already know the, the spirit of the Lord is the one who convicts. I don't have to yeah. do that. So, you know, it's really interesting in the gospel when people come to Jesus they're coming to a reality of who God is mm-hmm. that only the spirit of God can draw someone into. Mm. I can't mm. convince a person to get saved. It's the spirit of God that draws all men to himself. Right. So just the revelation of the spirit of God in the working of the gospel is understanding the fear of the Lord. Because more. So, so if you're going to come to know the creator of the universe and that he stepped out of heaven Mm. to rescue you, that is beyond awe inspiring. Mm. It, it says, God, thank you. Right. There is this internal response when you come to Jesus Mm. that puts Jesus on the throne and that's an appropriate fear of God. Mm. in that moment then there's Mm. then there's the the fear of the lord in the sense of these other aspects of reverent honor how do i choose to set myself apart and surrender my will Mm -hmm. okay do Mm -hmm. am i doing that out of dread and terror that he's going to cast my soul into hell well not as a son of god i'm not afraid of that i'm not afraid of the wrath of god as a believer yeah but i start to be compelled by love but i'm compelled and I'm and I have a reverent honor for what the Lord has done for me and what he is mm-hmm. doing in me and through me. That yep. becomes the fear of the Lord. So mm-hmm. I think there's these really tangible applications to the fear of the Lord that we can see working itself out in all the in, in all the different areas of our life. You know, yes. when we look at the surrendered will, you know, uh, when's your book coming out? Look at this. Let's see it. News proof. 
Boom. Come on. So it I is love it. so close. We've got, um, yeah, who knows, a week, something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so excited about that. Are you able to surrender your will to God if you don't fear God? They go together. I think the fear of the Lord looks like the surrendered will. Yeah, it's a natural and, fruit. Yeah, and and so they, yeah, those, I actually don't know how to parse those two out. It's like they, they, they do, they, they go together. The fear of the Lord looks like obedience. The fear of the Lord looks like surrender. The fear of the Lord. And by the way, this is, this is fascinating because when we talk about the fear of the Lord, when we say it's not just a list of to do's, or in fact, it's really not what we're talking about with the fear of the Lord is the will primarily. And that's really powerful because what we've tended to think about is only the mind. You know, you've got mind, will, and emotions, and everybody knows you can teach someone till you're blue in the face, but if they got traumatized emotions, they're only going to get about this much of it. And a lot of yep. it they're going to be confused by. Yep. And in the same way, if we try to teach the fear of the Lord, if we try to teach the surrendered will, not realizing like, hey, that's a separate part of your soul, so to speak, that's your will, right? Yeah. And so Jesus said, Jesus surrendered his will at Gethsemane, of course, and his prescription to the believers that were with him, uh, Peter, James, John, he said, watch and pray. Your spirit indeed is willing, but your flesh is weak. Therefore, watch and pray that you do not enter into temptation. Mm -hmm. And so, so yeah, those, the surrendered will and the fear of the Lord go exactly together and our savior perfect needed to surrender his will. Mm -hmm. And see, that should be such an encouragement to us because it's like he needed to surrender his will. He needed to grow in the fear of the Lord. Isn't there scripture that he grew in favor with God and man and he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. You know, it's like he had to walk, walk this thing of surrender out yeah. over and over and over. And that yeah. was a well-worn pathway. By the time he's at Gethsemane, you know, he's basically dying in that garden. He sweat blood in the garden. And then once he had the surrender, then he walked out the obedience uh, the next day. So, yeah. so yeah, they, they absolutely go together. Well, and isn't it interesting how often we try to push past the process? I think we talked That's about it. this last week, you know, rushing yeah. revelation. Um, you know, we try to push past the process of surrender by just saying, well, I'll just go do it. I will yes. will my obedience. Yes. And yet we haven't actually surrendered anything. It's interesting. Philippians 2, 12 and 13 has been a major verse for me in this process. And it says, for it, for it is God who works in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. Yep. It says before that, walk out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do for his good pleasure. So first of all, that, that gives a doctrine for in the New Testament for the fear of the Lord. Walk out your salvation, this is for a believer, with yep. fear and trembling, yes. right? And it's like, yes. you just, you have to see that verse. It's, it's right there and it's not the only one that speaks to it, but walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. And then it says, for it is God who works in you, both to will, and to do for his good pleasure. And so it's saying, that's a powerful truth. It's saying God is the one who will work in us. If we'll come before him, if we'll surrender yeah. ourselves to him, God is the one that'll do the work in my will. See, this is, we try to, like you say, like we say in the book, don't try willpower. I, I want everyone to hear this. Don't try willpower, try surrender. Don't try willpower, try surrender. So good. If, if I will surrender to him, he will work in me to will according to his will. He will work in me 
to want to do what he wants to do, right? But that's 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 like what you're saying, Chris. Becomes this huge. We blow past that whole process, uh-huh. and we and it's like well, I just I know this is what he wants me to do. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right now. And it's like okay, but like, have you actually talked with like? Just talk with them, like let them into that part of your heart. And we can be yeah. so afraid, like I, I, I want a different thing than what God wants. Listen, Jesus wanted a different thing than what God wanted for in terms of dying on the cross. Yeah, and he, he had did. a full on conversation with them. He and did. then Jesus, the word of God, let that whole conversation be recorded in his book so that we could see that he had to go through a process of surrender. Yep. 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 Yeah. Don't I, skip I'm... the process. Yeah. And I'm deeply, I personally am deeply encouraged with where the body of Christ is moving um, currently. Mm, Because I I feel like like there's a, because the idols are being torn down, right? And the world, you know, I mean, if you have the spirit of God in you, the idols are going to get torn down. Mm. Like, they're just not going to stand. You can not accept that. You can accept <laughs> it or reject it. It's up to you, right? You still have a choice of whether or not you're going to make Jesus Lord of your politics. Mm-hmm. You still have a choice whether or not you're going to make Jesus Lord of your family or Lord of your mm-hmm. marriage or Lord of your church or mm-hmm. Lord of your business. You're like you have a yep. choice. And so the thing that we have, the false idols that we have put hope in are systematically being exposed as false. Yep. They're just yep. being exposed. Well, in that process, we're being reminded of who God is. Come on. Right? And I that is one of the most encouraging things to me because I'm seeing more and more people coming back to the simplicity of a big God. That's it. Right? Ooh, that's so good. You know, like, oh, he's much bigger than my plan. He's much bigger than my prayer life. He's Mm -hmm. much bigger. He's doing more than I can see. And I don't have to strive to Mm. make it happen anymore because my striving has failed. I put my faith in myself. I put my faith in my idols and they're failing me miserably. Mm. So the church is waking up. Chris, you said um, something so interesting there, because before you said one of the aspects of the fear of the Lord is awe. And what you just said is in in the fear of the Lord, in the season we're in in the church where the idols are falling down in all of our lives, um, what that's doing is it's creating a big God, like you said. Mm -hmm. That's awe. You know, Mm -hmm. oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. It's like you can't make God bigger. Mark taught me this years ago, but you can make him bigger in your own eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and there's, there's something about this and even a word that's stirring in my heart, oh, and Megan's, Megan's heart right now is adoration. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a place in worship that we're going to start to rediscover that looks like the word adoration. Yeah. And, and I think that, I think it's going to be, uh, for some of us, a, a reinvigorating of an old gear for some of us slipping into a new gear or finding a higher gear in our place of worship. And I think that the adoration has a lot to do with that reverent awe of a God who's so much grander than anything I am or anything I could construct or anything I could conceive of Mm. and laying ourselves prostrate before a God like that and saying, I'm wholly yours. So much as it depends upon me, I'm wholly yours. Please work in my heart. Please work Mm. in my mind. Father, everything Mm -hmm. that doesn't look like you conform it to your image. 
conform yeah. it to your image. I lay myself at your feet. I surrender myself to you. I surrender my will to you. Mm-hmm. I exalt you. You are the great one. You are the mighty one. You are the one worthy of praise. Father, anything else I've been praising, anything else I've been putting my trust in, Lord, I, I place all of that trust back upon you, all mm-hmm. of that burden back upon your, your shoulders, all of that faith, I direct it back towards you. You know, And I think in that place, we're going to see untold breakthroughs coming effortlessly at the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I'm, I, I think that, I think that awe, the fear of the Lord is natural when we encounter. Mm-hmm. And I look back at LaBarge and a room full of people crying, holy, holy, holy. And what was imparted? The fear of the Lord, right? Because of adoration, because of the posture of the hearts was putting him above all the things. And, and, you know, when we get the fear of the Lord, he embarks in us a divine exchange. You know, he says, here, I'm going to take that and show you more of who I am. I'm going to remove the fear of man and give you more of my, of a a better understanding of who I am, which is the Mm. fear of the Lord. Yes. Right. So he, when we put him on the throne, he begins to exchange the things Mm. that were impeding us. Wow. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. I I feel the power of God on me right now. As soon as you started mentioning that, encounter that we all had and you know it's the goodness of god that's the goodness of god that leads us to repentance you know um change in the mind (laughs) yeah chris i don't i don't know if you um i think what's interesting is we set out to talk about the fear of man tonight i think uh, you know maybe you could pray here in a second but i just want to make a note that we set out to talk about the breaking free breaking past the fear of man and you know, I shared that Nehemiah had to do that over and over to have the breakthrough that he had, starting with starting with the king, right, where he needed to allow the king to see yep. him for, for what the Lord had laid on his heart for the first time ever. But isn't it interesting that we probably spent out of these 30 or so minutes, we probably spent 27 of them talking about the fear of the Lord. Yep. And it's so yep. significant. I don't want that point to be lost. If you struggle with the fear of man, and I'll, you know, I'll just give a few examples to make it really practical. If if you um, flatter people or are hypersensitive to people's opinions, you struggle with the fear of man. And if you if you say, "Oh, I don't flatter people," I would ask you, "Is there anyone in your life that you're reticent to speak truth to?" If there is, then you are flattering people, and I am, you know. I'm raising my hand with you, but the Lord set the Lord setting me free of that. Now I'm not saying to be brash or anything like that, because the fear of the Lord doesn't it, it also causes you to love people truly instead of trying to get something from them. But well, and it manifests it, the fruit of the spirit. Oh, 100 percent How could you not fear how could you fear God and not produce the fruit of the spirit? And then also with the surrendered will, Philippians 2:13 goes on to talk about do all things without grumbling and complaining that you may be uh, basically um, you would shine as lights in a crooked Mm. um, amongst a crooked generation. But the context there is it says it is God who works in you work out your salvation, fear and trembling for it is God who works in you both to will and to do 
for yeah. his good pleasure. And the next yeah. verse says, do all things without grumbling and complaining. So I would also just ask, as it relates to the fear of the Lord, is there any place in your life where there's grumbling or complaining <laughs> or, de- or, or deep disappointment? Because yeah. what's going on there is that you, you have an unsurrendered will where you're actually, you've propped up an idol that's creating disappointment in your life. And in trying to manufacture the, mm. the input to that idol, mm. like Chris was talking about before, by trying to prop up that idol to keep going. And that might be, the idol might be what, what your friends think of you. The idol might be that you're funny and people laugh at your jokes. The idol might be your money. The idol might be any number of things yep. that we put our trust in, right? Yep. The idol might be your holiness. The idol might be your knowledge of God's word even can be an idol. I'm sorry to say that as good as God's word is, but the well, way, the you know, the, 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 exactly the purposes of our heart are different thing than, than the knowledge of our head. And so I'm, I'm just saying that, that if you have grumbling or complaining in your life or deep disappointment in any, any area of your life, God is in the process mm. of removing an idol from your life so that you can actually worship him. And so, um, just to give some, some, some pieces here before Chris prays of just real practical indicators and, one of the things that's beautiful in, in the Lord is that seeing an issue doesn't reduce his love for us. Mm. Like Chris said at the beginning, our father corrects us and therefore correction, like some of these words might be doing in your heart, correction from the father is actually evidence of your sonship. God mm. does not correct you so that you can become a son. He's correcting you because you already are one. Mm-hmm. And so so the fact that that some of these words about the fear of the Lord or the surrendered will or idols, et cetera, could pierce some of our hearts First of all, know that they've pierced my heart and Chris's heart first um, and continue to pierce our hearts. But secondly, know that the correction that comes from a loving father is evidence of your sonship. It's Mm -hmm. evidence of his love for you, um, not a chance for you to get more love. You're already completely loved. So just don't let your heart flutter or anything. If you feel feel that piercing of the Lord, just let, let the word of God divide your soul, the soulish things from the spirit, the purity of what God's placed in you. And I, again, just want to say that Jesus said in Gethsemane, the spirit indeed is willing. It's natural for us to fear the Lord as born again, children of God. It's natural yeah. for us to surrender our will, but there's a process to walk that out. Mm-hmm. It's so good. So good. Kevin says, or Dave Champion said, I had an awe moment this weekend. That's Come on. Awesome. I love it. Dave, we bless yeah. you in Jesus name. Yeah. Mandy said, honesty delivered in love. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. And when you fear the Lord, you're honest because it's what he's asking of you. Mm. Not, you know, because it's not even about the other people. Sometimes. So good. No, that is a key point, Chris. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can give it in love because you've received love. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So let's pray. Um, Do it, man. Yeah. So father, I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your persistence with us that you never give up on us, that you are always drawing us closer to you, that no matter how far we may wander or what idols we've chosen to serve, you are (laughs) jealous for us and you tear down the idols and you say, no, there will be no other God, but me and Mm -hmm. God, because of that, we come humbly before you and we say, thank you. Thank you for removing the idols from our hearts. Thank you you for revealing how good you are. And God, I ask in Jesus name that each person would that's listening or, or watching would receive 
today another impartation of your dramatic love Come on. that love that breaks down the walls that we have put up your love that busts through the deception that has gripped our hearts because in your love we we have awe we we it, it's mm -hmm. awe inspiring that you would love creatures like us Mm -hmm. that that are so quick to run to false idols so quick to look for counterfeit affections and different things in yeah. our lives that yeah. that will not satisfy Ooh, yes and so father i i pray that you would pour out your love in great measure and and as a natural response that we would fear you mm. that we would see you clearly and that we would see how you see us clearly and that we would draw deeper into our reverent awe of you, that we would draw into a deeper level of respect and, and, and absolute honor for who you are and what you've done. And Father, mm. in all of this, God, we carry around this knowledge that as the creator of the universe, as the one who is the judge of all judges. Yes, yes, yes that you have shined your hope and your light into our hearts so that on the day of judgment, we can stand with boldness, fearing you, knowing that every word that you've spoken is true, yes. that you've covered us of all of our sin, mm -hmm. that you've brought redemption into our lives. And so we stand um, ready and willing to receive your correction. We stand ready and willing to repent, to change our minds. We stand ready and willing to surrender all of who we are, our will, our mind, our emotions to you because of how big you are. And we thank you for the revelation that you're releasing today in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. 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 So Amen. good. Yeah. Well, hey, we appreciate everybody who came on today. Yes. Um, I'm a little wrecked and excited for some more time. Yes to marinate with the Lord on it. And uh, we bless you guys. <laughs> I got ministered to too. If this, if this blessed you, I'd encourage you to share it with some friends. Yeah. Uh, because the, I really believe the spirit of the Lord is, is so on this type of message right now from so many different ministers. Mm -hmm. And he's mm -hmm. just, he's wooing his bride uh, back into yes. this place. Yes, yes, yes. Well, awesome. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Love you Talk all. to you later. Love you guys. See ya.